0: Greetings from Palmer, Alaska, and St. Bartholomew's Episcopal Church on this 21st Sunday after Pentecost, proper 24, October 22nd, the year is 2023. Our readings this morning come from Isaiah, chapter 45, verses 1 to 7, Psalm 96, verses 1 to 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verses 1 to 10 and the gospel of Matthew chapter 22 verses 15 to 22 Well peace be with you my friends for some reason or other the song he's got the whole world in his hands has been running daily through my brain this entire past week Now, I'm not going to sing it for you, but you know the song, I'm sure. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got you and me, sister, in his hands. He's got you and me, brother, in his hands. He's got the little bitty baby in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. In my mind, I have been envisioning the God of the universe, the God of creation, holding the little babies in that hospital in Gaza in his hands, those little babies in the orphanage we visited last year in Bethlehem in God's hands. As I sing that song in my head, I see God's hands wrapped around our Christian sisters and brothers' hands in Gaza who are doing the work of the Lord, offering a hand to Muslim Palestinians and Jews in the land of the birth of our Savior, Jesus. And as I hear the melody of that song in my heart, (laughs) I think about Sister Lucia, my second-grade teacher, on her guitar, no less, teaching us second-graders this song. He's got the whole world. In his, sand, in his hands, and I sense and feel the almighty hands of God wrapped around you and me, right here and right now. More to the point, as this song has run through my head, I am more and more convinced the only hope for this lost and fallen world is the hope we find in our faith and the love given to us in our hearts from above in the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. Perhaps that song was ginned up in my memory as I read, studied, and meditated on the Scriptures for today's readings. Despite all that is going on in the world, these texts have given me great hope, have enlivened my faith, and have filled me with love, surpassing my own understanding. I prayed long and hard about whether or not to share with you the thoughts I had going on in my head with this old song. I feared that you would maybe think my thoughts in this song would sound just too trite, too simple, too shallow, too naive even to talk about it. How could one even think that the tragedies currently going on in the world could be soothed and consoled by a silly old folk song? But as I read, study, and meditate on the text, I thought that perhaps that after a few moments of reflection, you would understand my feelings. Our first reading comes from the prophet Isaiah. The second section of Isaiah, to be exact, a section of scripture which we studied together this previous spring during the season of Lent. A section which brings us some of the richest thinking about who God is in the entire Bible. Now, to fully grasp all that is happening in this short pericope, one must first have a bit of history behind them, both salvation history and people history. Most of us understand that Israel is and has been God's chosen people, chosen not because they were special or better than anyone else, but chosen by God to be God's voice, God's hands, God's literal presence in the world. Israel had been chosen by God to ensure that all of creation would know the God of creation, the God of love, the God who had created all things. God then chose to dwell amongst the people of Israel, first in the fire and cloud which led Israel out of bondage in Egypt, then dwelling in a tent in the wilderness, then dwelling in the temple in Jerusalem. God chose to dwell with the people of Israel, not for Israel's sake alone, not for themselves, but so that Israel would spread this love of God into the world for the rest of humanity, the rest of the world. Unfortunately, Israel spurred God's calling and chose instead to turn to themselves. Instead of sharing the love given to them from God, instead of literally allowing others to dwell within the boundaries of Israel, the people of Israel kept the world at bay. Instead of the God of all creation, the God of the entire world, God, small g, For Israel became the small provincial God of the land. Instead of sharing God's love, instead of allowing others to, to dwell with them and with God, they turned to themselves. What Israel refused to understand in all of this was that God, our God, has the whole world in his hands. What Israel did not understand was that God, our God, was no small provincial God of the borders surrounding Israel. The people of Israel refused to acknowledge that God created all people and all things. And in doing this, it just doesn't turn out too well for Israel. Because of Israel's waywardness, God sent Babylon to the borders of Israel to destroy the land and take captive the people of of Israel. This is known as the Babylonian captivity. The Israeli captives are enslaved in the land of Babylon, Babylon being modern-day Iraq, for about 70 years, when along comes a guy by the name of Cyrus, king of Persia, Persia being modern-day Iran. And this king of of Persia, Cyrus, then destroys Babylon and effectively inherits the Jewish captives. Now, here's where the Isaiah passage comes in. The Lord says to his anointed, Cyrus, it is to this non-Jewish Cyrus that God now chooses to restore Israel. In restoring Israel, then, salvation history may be completed in the arrival of Jesus to the Temple Mount some 490 years later. The point being that God, our God, loves the entire world and uses whoever God desires to use to ensure the entire world knows of God's love. You see, God truly does have the whole world in his hands. Moving now to the Gospel of Matthew, we learn that despite all that Cyrus had done for Israel, the Jewish people returned not only to their land, but they returned to their provincial ways of thinking. And that even though the Pharisees and the Jewish authorities were well aware of who this Jesus was, what this Jesus had done, and who this Jesus proclaimed to be, The Jews refuse to be invited to the party. All along, Jesus has been inviting the the people of the land to the wedding, to the banquet, to the party. Yet they refuse. You see, for the Pharisees, their God, small g, had become the provincial God of the land, not the God of all creation, The Pharisees saw their God as the God who overcame simply the Egyptian gods. Their God beat the Babylonian gods. Their their God beat the Persian gods in the end. All all, All this God was going to do now was then to overcome the Roman gods. Not to bring about salvation for all, for the whole world, but for them and for their own needs, their own purposes. For the Pharisees, the God of Israel was their God, not the world's God. God was here only for Israel, not the world. Refusing to come to the party, the Pharisees plotted to entrap Jesus. Hmm, I wonder how this is going to work out for the Pharisees. Do you see what happens when we when we refuse to have the blinders lifted from our sight? Do you see what happens when we don't have he's got the whole world in his hands rolling through our heads? So after posing their question, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? Jesus has had enough of their Jewish hypocrisy. You see, he you see. He has invited them to the party. They've refused to come. Jesus has healed the sick, cured the leper, raised the dead. They refuse to be healed. Jesus then turns to and calls the tax collectors and sinners. And the Jewish people and the authorities say to Jesus effectively, they're not the right people and you're not our God. Of course, we all know where that argument led to. The Via Della Rosa and the Way of Calvary. Another great song, but I digress. Friends, let me cut to the chase. God has chosen you to come to the party, to the banquet, to the table. My friends, God has chosen you to be light in darkness, to be salt in a tasteless world. And now through your faith, your hope, and your love, yes, your faith, your hope, and your love, the good news of the kingdom of heaven is to go forth into the city of Palmer, the Matsu Valley, the greater bowl of the city of Anchorage, and into the entire state of Alaska. My friends, God has chosen you, not only for your sake, but for the sake of the world. God has chosen you to be God's voice, God's hands, God's feet, God's presence of light in darkness. You see, God's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the little bitty baby in his hands. He's got you and me, sister, in his hands. He's got you and me, brother, in his hands. God's got the whole world in his hands. And as the song has run through my head, I'm more and more convinced that the only hope for this lost and fallen world is you sharing your hope that we find in our faith and sharing the love given to us in our hearts from the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Go forth then and share in love. Amen.